It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick, he's dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound, Recognize the score! Here comes Shovel Day, he'll be thrown out of the game! Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it! Head to head, and Joseph with three great rights! New Terjana Hall looking for 500, he shoots, he scores! Brad Hall, number 500! Tarasenko, in the clear, he scores! And now, here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer, coming to you from the SynergyHockeySkills.com studios. As always, a great time to... To talk to Jamie Rivers anytime we mention SynergyHockeySkills.com, and I know the listeners are anxious to hear from him, so let's just bring him in right now. What's going on, Rivs? Hey, Chromes. How we doing, bud? Well, we're busy around here, man. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, but uh, but we're busy around here, man. Well, that's a good thing. It's about time. Yeah, I know. I know. We're, we're, we're all just trying to live up to the uh, example that you have, but... Uh, you know, we always want to thank Randy Green for making the show possible. InnovativeCompanies.com, residential, commercial, industrial. Randy Green, the name you know and trust. And uh, we're adding something to the show, and I know you're going to be excited about it. We're adding our own text line. So people are going to be able to text in and talk to Jamie and Darren and say, you guys are great. You guys are crazy. You guys are phenomenal. You guys are silly. Jamie, is it true you had a toe tag? Uh, and had a death certificate. I mean, all those great things are coming, and I'm excited about it. Well, good. I like it. Why not? Let's talk to the fans, baby. Yep. Uh, 314-403-2130, and it also gives us an opportunity, and I had mentioned this to you, to welcome a new family to our broadcast, the Patterson Tire, or the Patterson family, owners of Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store, located on Highway 111 in Granite City, Illinois, 618-797-6711. Tell them, Rivs and Kimball sent you, and the reality is um, I know uh, your friend Kimby will be in here in just a little bit, and he's been friends with the Patterson family for quite some time. So this is exciting. We got ourselves – listen, if your house burns down, if you need tires or brakes, uh, if you need to eat, if you need some hockey uh, work done, I mean, we got everybody covered. We are your one-stop shop, Carl. We are a one-stop shop. Well, let's one-stop shop in some information here from you because, uh, you know – you were a little busy last week, and we had some fans ready to jump off some ledges out there. Do you think last night's win will bring them back into reality? Well, yeah. Look, you know, last night was a great example of what the St. Louis Blues can do as a team. And, you know, they, they kind of got their ducks in a row and had a little chat as a group. Craig Berube probably had had enough of seeing a couple of things, some bad habits and some players looking to take the easy way out and cut corners. And so they dialed it in for a game against, you know, probably 
uh, one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best one coming into last night. And shit, they, they took it to them. They took it to them so much that the Avalanche only got one shot on net in the second period. And they're, you know, some of the highest scoring players in that lineup, and they limit them to one shot. So great effort by the Blues, and they've proven, again, to the rest of the NHL that this is what you're going to have to deal with if you're looking to knock yourself. You know, it was a about as a complete game from the whole team that I can remember seeing. I know, um, you know, you, you'd like to say certain guys stood out or whatever, but I think some guys stood out that some fans have been kind of wondering a little bit about. Like, you know, we've had some fans say, hey, I thought Justin Falk was the next coming and blah, 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 and Vladimir Tarasenko, what's going on? And Jordan Bennington's looked human, you know, but we've had we had some guys, I think, stand out. But, I mean, I thought it was up and down the lineup. I, Mackenzie McEachern, I thought, played well. I thought Alexander Steen played well last night. I, I thought as a group it was the best 60 minutes I've seen this year. Well, yeah, I agree. I, it was by far their best 60 minutes of the year. And, you know, like you said, Justin Falk is coming along. Um, I think you're seeing what he can bring to the table. I still think that, you know, there's more to give there. Last night was his highest minutes played in a Blues uniform, just under 24 minutes. So, obviously, Craig Berube and Mike Van Ryan are seeing some things that they like and playing them, you know, a little more uh, often in every situation. Alex Petrangelo is still up there again. Vladimir Tarasenko is all over the score sheet. You know, a goal, two assists, he had four hits. Got his sixth goal of the season already in nine games. And Alexander Steen, look at it, that's the guy that I've always said he can play up your lineup or down your lineup wherever you need him. I don't think it's a permanent fix being that I don't think you'll see him in the top six for the entire season. But I do think you'll see him spot in there from time to time. He kills penalties, does a good job. Guy you talked about, Mackenzie McEcker, and I thought he had a great game. You know, he was willing to do the things that some guys aren't willing to do. He got in there. He mixed it up physically. The guy's got great foot speed. You know, you watch him out there on the forecheck. You watch him backchecking where he's reeling guys in on the back check and, and taking away opportunities for the opposition. I love what he brought to the table. And Sammy Blay had a great game. You know, everybody's looking at his oh, demotion for Sammy Blay. Is it really? You know, I don't know if it is that far of a drop-off. And, you know, Pat Maroon was fantastic on that line last year. Sammy Blay is not Pat Maroon, but he brings a physical element to each game. He's credited with three hits last night. I think he had more than that, but he also had a couple of great scoring chances. He a phenomenal play coming down the ice to set up Robert Thomas, who I still don't know how he missed an open cage. Well, I guess my point is, is that, you know, you're, you're getting a lot out of everybody right now. And last night was, I don't say a perfect storm because there's still some, some hiccups in the road, but by far their best performance of the year. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at the Sammy Blay thing as a demotion. I guess if people want to look at lines and they treat it that way, I always look at Sammy Blay as a guy that they look at and feel like they could put him anywhere and wherever he helps the club. I, I have a hard time not saying that Sammy Blay hasn't been one of your best all-around players, start to finish this season. I, that's just my opinion. No, he has been. He's been great, and you know he he's so willing to engage the opponent physically. 
you got to keep your head up out there every time he's on the ice. Uh, and, you know, he's making hockey plays now. And that's what, honestly, that's what Sammy Blade got drafted for. That's why he got a chance to wear an NHL jersey was the fact that he was gifted offensively with the puck. And now he's finding a really good balance. He's able to bring that physicality that's needed for the St. Louis Blues. And at the same time, you see him, you know, expanding his game to where he's creating a lot more offense every time he's on the ice. I think he's done a phenomenal job so far this year. Yeah, it's been, um, you know, listen, I, I understand that people get frustrated. I don't expect people to be happy when the St. Louis Blues lose. I also, you know, I can understand people not wanting to hear over and over again, hey, they won the Stanley Cup. You know, that like what they did last year, I'm not quite sure, is the quote-unquote recipe for success. I know you – Neither you nor anybody that knows what you're talking about would say, oh, yeah, that's how you do it, man. You really, really struggle till January, and then you just turn it on. Um, I know that's not it. There's somewhere, there's some happy medium there somewhere. But uh, with some of the questions that have been asked and and how they answer them, Sammy Blay has been a guy that's answered it for me. The the McEachern thing I find interesting. If that's the kind of guy that's sitting in your press box and you bring him in for energy, I got to tell you, man, that's not bad. No, he's a, listen, he's in Mackenzie McEachern is, is a talented hockey player too. And that, you know, that's where people can't get confused. He's bringing something to the table right now that the team wants and needs. And it's a way for him to see the lineup on a more regular basis. I mean, I hate to, to dog on uh, other players, but you know, Zach Sanford didn't bring, I can't remember one shift that Zach Sanford's had this year. But I can remember Mackenzie McEachern last night laying into guys and throwing a big hit, causing a big stir up, almost a fight that happened. I mean, he's bringing that intensity to the game. And, you know, Robbie Fabry's another guy. He's got to find that level. And, you know, look, Robbie Fabry's not as big as Mackenzie McEachern is, but Zach Sanford is. In fact, Zach Sanford is even bigger than Mackenzie McEachern and should be bringing that physicality on a nightly basis. And we know he can do it because he did it in the Stanley cup final against the Boston Bruins, albeit. So look, you know, I'm impressed with what Mackenzie McEachern has done. To uh, set the world on fire in those two games, but he's filling a role and that line was really effective last night. Sunfish Barbashev McEachern had pretty good possession time. They had good zone time. They spend very little time in their own zone. So, you know, overall, that was a win. Yeah, for me, I like if I look at it, I think um, I, I can't. Uh, I'm flustered. Can you tell I'm flustered? I got You're going to find out why I'm flustered here in just a second. The, why you I mean, got your dogs? No, I do not have my dogs in the studio. But uh, <laughs> there, there's a familiar bark for you. You hear that one? Oh, there's a bison. It's a bison. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! This is—I mean—we're borderline band back together here. This is this feels like uh, feels like the Beatles after uh, what's his name? Uh, I, I don't uh, you tell you how much I like the Beatles. Which one died first? I can't even remember. Uh, John yeah, Lennon. If you can't remember something, Chrome. You probably shouldn't reference. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> People that know me are going to go, "What are you doing referencing the Beatles?" Oh, anyway, hey, this is nice having you guys rolling here. This is good stuff. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's nice. We're blessed with a celebrity, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> oh, my God. He goes, he goes to the pumpkin patch, and he's hiding <laughs> pumpkins under his shirt, and he gets mad at me. You know, that's the shit he pulls. <laughs> I almost – I missed an opportunity, too, Kimby. You I did. I, I, but, you know what the funny thing was, though? Because after I was done – and I, I saw what you did to Lozy, and I go, oh, that dirty bugger. He went back, and he went down, and he went real low. There he did. I, I said, he's. I'm surprised something didn't come back at me. Well, I, uh, I had the opportunity. There was They had an award-winning pumpkin, pumpkin <laughs> patch, and it was large, and uh, I, I missed an opportunity there. So I'm either... I'm either getting slower or I'm getting older. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> you know what's going on here, Rivs. I know you guys have crossed paths at the ice rink. You know what's going on here. He's got to be down, I don't know, 30? No, oh, no, almost 50. Almost 50 pounds. 50 He's pounds. walking tall, played in the alumni or uh, the alumni game against McKendry. <laughs> I mean, the guy's walking tall, fearing no man. He's back, baby. <laughs> back, man. He's back in fighting weight. Gotta look out. I don't know about that, but we're back. Well, Kimby, you walked in on us basically, um, you know, talking, feeling like, you know, best 60 minutes we've seen top to bottom of this year and, and getting some production from a guy like Mackenzie McEachern. I don't know if you were able to check out some of his shifts last You're shaking your head, so yep. I'm assuming so. Well, and it's kind of funny. I think the show before, last week, we, uh, I jumped, we jumped a little bit on Mr. Falk there, too, and I thought he played probably his best game as a blue last night. Um, he, I thought he was getting up the ice a little bit and uh, getting back, and I thought it looked like he was skating well. And then um, Mac there, when the the forecheck and the cause and the shit and the banging that he was doing last night, that, that that's what this team needs. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for him, I was having a hard time watching hockey last night. The, the game was really it was up and down, a lot, which people like, you know. It was a lot of. Um, not much banging going on, and I think the Blues are at their best when they got some banging going on, and. Uh, if that kid, uh, if he wants to fill that spot all the time, that would be uh, that. That just makes the Blues a, a better hockey team, I believe. Ribs? No, I agree, Kimby. I agree 100. percent And uh, look, you know, if that's the way he's going to carve out his regular spot in the lineup, then you know he's got to reach out and grab it. And I think that he's, I think he's embracing it. It looks like he's happy to do it. I was so impressed with his foot speed. I, you know, I, I've seen this guy speed and at the the good fortune of working with him in the summer. And, you know, I was quick, but last night I told Fromes earlier, like he was reeling in guys on the back check and nullifying offense for the abs. And that's a huge bonus. You got a guy that there being a prick, he's running around, but you can't fucking get away from him because he can catch you every freaking time. Mm-hmm. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then, and he ran at, uh, well, I forget the guy's name, uh, but he ran at him about three times last night, the big defenseman there. And, um, yeah, one shift as the door off. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, uh, but, the, but that's what they need, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not even referring to, um, Pat, Patty Maroon, like the, the, this isn't the same type of player because Patty was a big body, but this is, this is a guy that, uh, he, he needs to, he's going to get in on the forecheck. And if he can get in on the forecheck, it just, that just makes you more, cause that's what the blues did so well last year in their, in their run when they got going and they were in your face type of hockey. And if you're playing in your face and not only in your face, but now you're throwing the body on it too, that, that just... People, uh, you can tell, Ribs, you know this as well as anybody, because when you play defense and if you start going back and your nose starts going into that glass all the time, uh, pretty soon you don't care where the puck's going. You just don't want to be getting hit all the time, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, the Pat Maroon discussion, I feel like, look, we love Patty. The big rig uh, will have a spot in our heart forever. Uh, but, you know, as we move on, and I think we have to move forward here with the team that, that's 
playing right now, I, I think that that toughness has to come by committee because yeah. there's not one guy in the lineup that's going to drop the mitt uh, like a Maroon did or even like a Joel Edmondson who's you know gone now too. So it's got to be toughness by committee. And right now, two of the toughest guys to play against are Sammy Blay and Mackenzie McEachern. And, you know, I, I talked to Braden Shen today, and, you know, he talked about how they had to get back to that nasty in the trenches, along the wall, that kind of blues hockey that we saw in the spring and, and early June. And they had faded away from it. You know, you, you, you kind of get happy with yourself and you got a talented bunch of guys and you start to not cut corners, but you, you try to, I guess maybe it is cutting corners, but they're not doing it on purpose. And, and you kind of float away from what, you know, has been your bread and butter. And they just had to dial it back in. And I thought last night, right from the get go, I thought they had, you know, barring the five on three, that was, you know, Nathan McKinnon. You give him that much time. Anybody's going to pay for that. How about, but, how about that shot? Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I still couldn't believe a flick of the wrist and yeah. that thing was in and out. Getting so incredible. You, you do what you can with that. But I thought the Blues, apart from that, like they didn't give up the blue line on their penalty kills. They did a great job of tracking pucks the whole night. And the big thing for me was, you know, out of all the entries that Colorado had in the game last night, they only had 15 clean ones where, you know, they got the puck over the blue line without it being touched or tipped or deflected. And they had 23 disrupted plays, which means the Blues were active, man. They were back. They were getting on it. And because the the D-man can't really disrupt the play at the blue line, they can gap up and do the best they can, but it's the forwards, man. And when you talk about defense and you talk about how the Blues, this and that, people start to talk about the pairing, never mind. The game, as you know, Kimby, it's a five-man unit that plays defense. Well, Especially last night, would they go twenty some minutes? And you guys might have already talked about that. I don't know how long you've been on here for, but twenty some minutes with like a shot or, or maybe two shots they had in that in that period. And when you're doing that, things are going well. Um, but I, I'll tell you what. Not only that, but how about that conversation that you said with Mister Shen that you had? That 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 guy's flying high right now, isn't he, Ribs? Oh my God, he's on fire! You know, he's got six goals in nine games, and you know, last night was a great indication of how Vladdy Tarasenko can be used in different ways. And, and what I mean by that is Vladdy's got the puck in the power play. It gets all the way over to Braden Shen. And then if you watch the uh, weak side winger who's supposed to be covering the slot, that guy fades off and tries to cover Vladdy as Shen's approaching the slot because he thinks Shen is trying to go back to Vladdy for the shot across the box. Well, he fades off so far that Shen can step right into the middle and fire a laser past the goalie who's being screened by Schwartzy at the time. Yeah. So, you know, it's not always the the big Tarasenko shot. And even on the David Perron goal, Vladdy gets the puck with a great pass from Justin Falk on that one. Vladdy drops the shoulder just subtly, kind of freezes Grubauer, where he has to respect the shot. He slides it over to Perron, who gets the fire puck past uh, Grubauer low blocker because his angle isn't right. Mm-hmm. So it I- was it was good. I wasn't I wasn't paying enough close enough attention last night. I have you know in the first period. So when the power play come out in the first period, I seen Dunn on the power play. Was do you think was I don't know if Petro was coming off of a long shift or not. I'm not trying to cause any shit here or not, but I <laughs> I, I wonder. Well, because if if things aren't running right, I'm pretty sure Chief has a lot of stuff going through his mind of 
maybe how to get some stuff going. And but I saw it done on there, and then and that's when uh, Shen scores his goal, and the puck movement was good. So I'm I'm just kind of curious. It was like their second unit, uh, the second unit defenseman out there. Uh, I wonder if he's trying to send a message to maybe pump pump the boys up a little bit or say, hey, we need a little help here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to, to my knowledge, Mark Devard has tried to identify two units specifically and in doing so you know that unit was up so whether guys were tired or just finished a shift i can't remember yeah. either to be honest uh, but you know dunner uh, is on that unit that that played uh for that first power play and, and then you know you're looking at petro and justin falk on the other unit so i, I i'm not reading into it yet mm-hmm. i think that uh, it was kind of a circumstance yeah so uh, we'll see if it trends um, question for both you guys. Uh, you know, you both played in the league, obviously, for a long time, and it, I think fans are curious about things when you guys talk about guys. Um, you know, you referenced it watching the game, and you said it was hard to watch. Uh, before you got here, Jamie had kind of touched on a little bit what McEachern and Sammy Blair are bringing that, for instance, right now, a Robbie Fabry and a, uh, and a Zach Sanford, for some reason, are not bringing, which they have in the past. And I think fans are always curious when you guys – talk about these guys and say, you know, this is what we need from them and we're not getting it. And that comes across sometimes as an effort thing because, you know, you're you're talking about playing a style of, of game. Is it that maybe they don't – like – and I think you guys will see where I'm going here. Like, do they not want to play that style or is it not as easy to play that style as we think it is? I, I, I believe – like with Sammy Blay, to, to be a hitter, in order to hit all the time – it's not just, you just don't go out and hit. It's just not something, you know, it's not something you just can be taught 20-some years. See, and I think the, fans think you can't. No, you can't. And you could throw your, you know, I, I was never a good hitter. I, I would try, but I didn't I didn't have the technique down that some, like when Sammy hits guys, you know, they, they've they been hit. And McEachern, they, 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 they knew they were getting hit by those guys. And that's, if you have guys, there's a lot of timing into that stuff. It's not like a, a guy, and I'll tell prime example, and I uh, Ribs knows who he is, but I played with a guy named Kevin Kaminsky, and, and Kaminsky, he, he killer couldn't even skate. He, he was a slow, he's slow as I was skater, but he would line guys up, he would follow them around, and he would line them up, and but he knew how to hit, and he could, he would get them, and he would get their head down, and um, and I know that part, you know, they don't really get into that now, but so we're, we're talking about our players like Sammy and them to get in on the forecheck and to make body con. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. So, and I think the game, I think the Blues. Last year, down the stretch run, um, they had a commitment from everybody to sort of. They, everybody was putting it on the line because there, there was you know they'd come from down in the hole to back to where they were, and the everyone was just getting involved in the process. But it's not, it's it's not that easy to go out and find a player, especially a guy that's going to play in the top two lines. That's going to continuously, and it's a hard job to do for eighty games. I'm telling you, your body gets beat up. I've seen. Jeremy Roenick used to do it at both ends, and 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 Jr. would be have the shit beat out of him, man. And but it's a tough job to do. Ribs. Yeah, no, it is a tough job to do, and you do feel the effects of it. And Kimby, you nailed it right on the head. With you have to be willing to do it. Like you can't go out there and be a pretend hitter. Like you have to go out and put yourself in positions to where you can get the hit. And if that's being you know, the shark that's lurking in the weeds, waiting. Well, you have to have that mentality, and that mentality is of somebody who's willing to be involved, that wants to contribute physically. If you're not really wanting to get engaged, well, guess what? You can tell. 
guys, you've seen it, Kimby. Yep. Guys will go out of their way to not run into somebody because they're not, you know, that's not the way they play and that's not what they want to do and they don't want to get involved physically. Well, same as you can avoid hits, there's a way to make sure you find the traffic. There's a way to make sure that you are involved physically. And I find it right now, the two guys, uh, the one guy specifically, Sammy Blay, goes out of his way to find traffic and, and lay a body on somebody. And yeah, he bends his knees. He gets his whole body into the hit. He doesn't rely just upon his his body weight to slam into somebody. He's exploding through that hit, much like a defensive back or a safety would in football. They're getting everything into the hit. And now Mackenzie McEachern last night, same thing. You watch him skate. He's loading up. He's bending those knees. He's thrusting forward on a hit. He's not hitting just to hit the guy into the board. He's trying to put him six inches past the board. Yeah. And that does pay off. It sounds brutal. It sounds bar. nervous about getting your nose put in the glass when you get hit enough like that well guess what you're going to get rid of the puck or you're going to make a bad play and that's when the blues capitalize yeah and you and and, and just if, if a person really wanted to uh because me and ribs will like we'll coach here our kids here tonight but i i could take any person out that wanted to see a person that knew how to hit and one that didn't and i'd go out with my kids and i'd say here let's have a little five on five and i you know i want some but you can tell the ones that don't know how to hit because they use their arms. They try to push guys, and, and their whole body doesn't get so their bo- their arms are separated from their body, and it's like they're pushing at the person, and you're not getting nowhere with that. It's just it's, you're probably going to get a penalty realistically out of the ball game, but it's just it's 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 it's, it's, it's something that you have to learn, man. It's, it's you either got it or you don't, and 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 then you know you you get guys back like in our we're not back. And it's not so much now, but like when Bobby Bass and Richie Sutter and. Uh, Lowry, when they were here, that's what kind of guys they had to be. They had to be those guys that would do that, and they would run at guys and make body contact. But, you know, it's not – people don't set up lines like that anymore to cause that kind of havoc for some reason. And um, But that that's the kind of people that – Bobby Basson was a perfect one. He could he – was, he was give up his whole body just to make that hit, and he, he was good at it, though, and he made a career out of it, too. Yeah, well, and you know what, Kimby? The one thing I'll say about the Blues right now and we saw it in the playoffs last year. Sunquist and Barbashev, those are another two guys that are willing to to lay the body on up there. And so now last night, I thought it was personally one of the most effective nights for that line. And it had Mackenzie McEachern on the left wing. And it's almost like they had embraced the mentality of we're going to go back to black and blue hockey here tonight. And, you know, we'll work off of that. And it was one of their best games. Defensive yeah. zone, neutral zone, offensive zone. They were they were very noticeable. And I and I, I think with McEachern, if he plays like that, I think that's the perfect guy for Sunquist to get. Because Sunquist, um, and I'm sure he understands it, but, you know, I, I think uh, Craig Berube, that's one of his, uh, you know, every coach has a guy that's one of their favorite guys. And I think Sunquist is one of Berube's because you could tell in the playoffs last year when certain guys were out, he would always be – put into that spot and he'd be getting extra minutes and but he just he was committing to the 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 nastiness to going in the corners and the and the rough spots and, and when Sunquist is at his best um that you know he's going to play a hell of a lot more and the blues are going to be a hell of a lot more successful when he's doing that so if he gets a guy a winger doing that with him like they did in the playoffs last year that only sets up for a hell of a line right there yeah I agree and Kimby we touched on this just before you got in there today was that with Sammy Blay you know, filling that spot on the Bozak line. And Alexander Steen jumping up, having a great game with O'Reilly and Perron. 
And I don't think that's a permanent fix there. But I do see Steiner and Sammy Blake kind of rotating in and out of that second and third line left wing. Guys like Robbie Fabry and specifically Zach Sanford, like it's going to be a tough road to get back in the lineup because, you know, what what do you bring to the lineup that isn't already there? Yeah. And, and that's tough right now because Robbie Fabry's not a goal scorer right now. He's not a physical presence. He's skating better. He's more. He's buzzing more out there. And so you know he'll get to spot duty. But Zach Sanford, like we haven't seen the Zach Sanford from the Stanley Cup Final yet again this year. I think the heat's on him. I mean, he's you know he's got to identify what he brings to the table. And right now he's not bringing anything different. Yeah, that 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 one you said before though with the, with Steen where he was at and I and he did play a good game and he, and he has had a couple when he's been put into spots he's he's played well that that's the spot I think is going to be the most interesting for the year ribs because there's someone someone's got a I and I'm not saying Steen can't do it but I'm saying Steen for eighty some games isn't going to do it I know that right now no it's, I agree and so there's there's got to be someone be a um, if, if it's going to be Sanford or someone to step into that spot um, or through the minors or if they have to at the trading deadline, depending on what they're doing. But I think that's the spot that will have to be a very important for this Blues organization going down the road. Well, it ain't going to be at a trade deadline because the Blues aren't going to be able to get anything back that is worthwhile with their, you know, $30,000 of cap room. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. Sure. Yeah. you got just They're enough gonna... cap room to take care of ribs when he's on <laughs> right, the road yeah, with right. him, you know what I mean? To pay me for a couple of years, probably. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, you're right. That is an intriguing spot, and that's prime real estate yeah. on that line. I mean, you're playing with two guys, Ryan O'Reilly specifically, that, you know, he makes shit happen out there. And David Perron's having himself a year right yeah. now. He's seeing the ice well. He's finding the net. He does control the puck so well down low. He, you know, he's able to hang on to it and create more opportunities. So is Ryan O'Reilly. Alexander Steen, I thought, did a good job last night. But I agree with you. I don't think it's a permanent spot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Mr. Thomas, if he, uh, you know, he, he, last night he was feeling it. He was getting lots of opportunities. He was just hitting the middle of the belly button last night. So. Uh, but but <laughs> yeah. he's a he's a kid there. If if he gets uh, if he continues to get going just a little bit, you know he's he's close. And uh, if he gets up there, that would be a kid that could maybe just about step in there too. If he could play the left side a little more effectively, I mean David Perron, uh, you know he's an NHL player. He can do it. Yeah. But it's not where he's most comfortable. And you know I'm I'm never a big believer in taking somebody out of a position of strength where you're getting the best out of them and moving them over to somewhere where they're not as good of a player. And unfortunately, I wish I wish Robert Thomas shot left. Yep. <laughs> that would be, I think that would be an easy solution that he's out there probably pretty quickly. But get used to playing wing, first of all, because he's a centerman, a true centerman coming out of junior, and then ask him to play left wing. Yeah, that could be tough. Yeah, but I, I always, you know what, and I, I not that I was, uh, I'm not no Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Hall story here. I want to tell you, but when I, but when I played in the minors and I and I played on a regular basis, I, I love coming uh, on that off wing. I, it just, you, it would open the ice up so much to you too, though, ribs. And I, I know maybe the, you know, the NHL is a different animal, and I understand all that. But these players that we're talking about too are a hell of a lot better than I ever was, and. If, uh, you know, if you're, but if you're coming on your offside and you're taking a, you know, it's just like the ice opens up to more, you see more of the ice too. So there's opportunity there. Don't you think? Yeah. I think depending on the situation, I think transition is tough sometimes because 
you know, if you're if you're opening up and you're on your backhand, I mean, the, to get the puck to the middle of the ice, it's tough. You're making a backhand play yeah. all the time mm-hmm. where it's great for to pull the puck wide and drive wide. It's an advantage when you're on your offside. And certainly in the offensive zone, if you can gain the middle of the ice and cut back cross grain, yeah. well, you have a lot to play with. I just transition game and with the speed of the way it's a tough spot. You're yeah. getting that puck on your backhand and you're trying to you know, make something happen. It could set up a younger guy for a set though. Yeah, no, I hear you. I got you. Um, are you guys surprised at all with the star? I mean, it hasn't been awful. It hasn't been like stellar, but are you surprised? Like you're not hearing more people going, ah, Clem Costin, Clem Costin. Are you uh, guys surprised by that? I mean, he kind of went down without much fanfare, really, to be honest with you. Go ahead. Um, look, uh, I don't think, I don't think anybody's cooled down on him. I think that my original thought on Clint Costin still stands for me anyways, where he needs to go down and dominate the American hockey league. And he hasn't done that yet. As good as he's been and as great of a training camp as he's had, uh, you know, he has to night in and out dominate the American hockey league. And at that point, then I think he's ready for a shot to come up and play in the top nine spots. He's not going to be a fourth liner. I mean, he's not to the table. You can try to put the square peg in the round hole on that one there, but he's not going to get sufficient amount of ice to prove what he can bring offensively in that role. I do think that he could find a home spot. But to go back to the same thing again, and Kimby, you know, you might disagree. I don't know. But anybody over the years that has gone down to the American Hockey League and once they've dominated that level to where every time they touch the ice they're a dangerous person, that proves to me that they're ready for the next step. No, no, and I totally agree with that. And I, and I think that with the Montreal Canadiens we talked about, and I think uh, I think even Detroit got into that process where they they used their farm system and uh, you know matured these kids when they were down there. But I, and I think the thing with the Blues, um, as far as Costin goes, with him going down, there's a. The the fans as we if you, let's go to the fans that we were going Chrome's but there's I believe there's a grace period here and I and I I know we're going to say this a lot for a little bit but uh, you know when you win the Stanley Cup if they wouldn't have won the Stanley Cup last year and Costin comes into training camp and has the training camp that he had uh, you might be looking at a different scenario and I and I, I still sure. I'm not disagreeing with Ribs at saying that going down is is the best thing for him yeah I, I get all that but when you got a Stanley Cup ring. Um, and, and you're raising Banner, you know, it's a lot more hard to judge what Armstrong and them are doing as far as player-wise because now they're just they're the best team in the world for last year. So um, so that, that gives them a little leeway with a couple kids that they're thinking about for the future. And, um, you know, they got their they got their hands on it. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see because I, I was sort of myself a little dumbfounded because he did have a great camp and you want to see people rewarded off good camps. And uh, But... But with what they got up here and bringing the whole team back pretty well, and making the one trade for Falk and that, you're sort of you're sort of still standing pat with what you took to the finals last year. So they're going to ride this out for as long as they can, I would believe. And um, may, maybe time, maybe injuries or something come up that the kid gets a shot at it. But right now, the the cards are in the in the management's position right now, I believe. Yeah, and look, Kimby, I think fans do need to realize that what he did at preseason in training camp, <clears throat> it did not go unnoticed. And the management and coaching staff, they, they have all their, you know, reports from each and every one of those games. And now they're going to try and follow that progress 
as he goes down to San Antonio. And, and guess what? You know, you know this, Kimby. He's going to get the lion's share of the ice time down there. And if he puts his shit together and comes out on a tear in that league and, you know, lights it up, then, yeah, if they have to make a move at some point and fill a void, maybe like we talked about earlier, Alexander Steen, you know, they don't want to keep him in that spot. They don't want to mess things up. So they take a healthy scratch, whoever that may be. They wave him, send him down, and Clint Costin gets his chance. Yeah. So it, it it didn't go unnoticed for, for people who are listening. It's not like the Blues just ignored the fact that he had a great camp. They just stored it in the old database, and now they're going to see where he picks up. And you, you know what? The only thing, Rivs, and you know this as well as I do, there's a – this this sort of goes to, and it goes to Costin because it, it challenges his mentality right now because he's come in he's uh, he's lit it up and now you go down and and I've been in the same situation and I, I don't know if you if you have or not Riz but you're wondering why am I the guy going down why are you know and I know contracts oh, yeah. I know contracts come into play and all this nonsense that does it but and then you and then you got to find out and now you're looking for people to talk to because and sometimes you, you you better hope that you have the right people that are giving you the right answers in those situations because it could go south in a hurry. I know that. Yeah, well, look, I think it would be foolish of the St. Louis Blues to not have communicated very clearly with him. You know, I think that uh, that's almost a meeting when you're when you're wrapping it up to where, <clears throat> excuse me, you have Vladdy Tarasenko come in on the meeting and you make damn sure that what you're saying is not lost in translation. You make damn sure <laughs> that you're telling him where he stands, how happy you are with what he's doing, the great things he did, and that he's 20 years old still, only 20, and that he's going to have a great future with the St. Louis Blues. Knowing Craig Berube the way that we do and knowing Doug Armstrong, I would have to imagine that was communicated to him. And I think that's why we haven't heard a big uproar from, you know, Clem Costin's agent or anybody else over the matter. Yeah. Um, Rivs, I know your time is short. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question before you roll. Um, you know, Kimby has mentioned on here, his opinion really hasn't changed just because they won the cup and, and the grace period and all that. But, you know, I think you guys have talked about this in the past. Do you, you make an assessment on this club after about 20 games and how you think it's put together and how they're trending? Yeah, I think you can. But, you know, listen, all that kind of fucking goes to hell when you look at last year. yeah that's true you know we could have done assessments after game 40 and thought holy fuck they suck you know things aren't going good here uh so look yeah the 20 game mark for usual standards and and look i i joke about last year's team because that was historic in so many ways but yeah i think you get a good feel for it look if people aren't happy so far with what they've seen you still have to look at the standings and say, look, at St. Louis Blues are in pretty good shape right now in their division. And they haven't found their game consistently yet. They have a wealth of experience that they can pull off of. They're too deep, Chrome's, not to be successful. They're too deep not to be able to get themselves back to the dance again this year. And by that, I mean the playoffs. And look, anything can happen in the playoffs and the Blues play uh, a very good style of game that Taylor made for the playoffs. I, I'm not going to read too far into 10, 20, 30 game segments. I do think you get a little bit of a feel for it, but that's more for the coaching staff where it can evaluate and, and kind of take care of things internally. 
Well, and I tell you what, I think I think the division's helping them make out a lot of decisions right now because they're you know Dallas is just laying an egg right now. They haven't got going. Um, I don't. But think... I worry about that though, Kimby. Yeah. Because they've got a team much like the Blues last year, and, and I don't want to dive too far into it. I don't want to be fucking helping the Dallas Stars here, but you know they started out kind of shitty, yeah. but their roster like, should be a lot better for those guys, much like we had here last year in St. Correct. Wondering how long it's going to take before they figure it out because that was a hell of a team last year and they didn't go and get rid of good players. They added more good players. They added leadership. They added grit. I mean, Corey Perry has yet, has yet to play for that team. And if he's got any gas left in the tank, we know he's a good goal scorer when he gets the opportunity. He's a prick to play against. So mm-hmm. I'm not ready to write off Dallas just yet, but no. that's a tough start for them. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And, you know, but it's kind of funny how it is because we refer to the Blues because, you know, they're already talking about Jamie Benn going somewhere. And and, and I'll tell you what, there'd be a lot of teams that would take that, man. I'll tell you that. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. I mean, as much as Blues Nation hates Jamie Benn, uh, we hate him because we love him at the end of it all. Yeah. And, and, I mean, that's really the way it is, is the best players over time. Like, how much did they used to hate Jeremy Roenick? Yeah. here in St. Louis when he played for the Blackhawks. Well, you hate him because you love him at yeah. the end of it all. And, and that's – Jamie Benn's one of those guys. Yeah, sure. and I, I think I think they're heard from before it's all said and done. I agree with you on that because I, I, I picked Dallas at the – and the thing, I, I picked him to go at uh, to the Stanley Cup here at the start of the year. So I, I, I just I just loved who they added. I thought it was just uh, Pavelski coming in there and Perry. I just thought that would just be the finishing touch to add to that because they took the Blues to seven games, you know, and right. the Blues were playing some pretty damn hockey, so they had to be playing just as equivalent hockey as they were. So, um, it, and adding those guys, I thought I thought they'd be off to a better start, but we'll see. Time will tell, my friend. Great stuff. Um, I know you, you know, and you knew Riz was fired up last night because he got to say Big Vladdy Daddy numerous times <laughs> so you knew that then but uh I, you're probably heading to some synergy hockey stuff it's that time of year riz what's going on with synergy hockey before you go yeah we got uh, a lot of small group sessions going on right now um you know we're busy six out of seven days a week and three sessions on sundays uh tonight's no different going to be going there and heading off to the rink after for uh car shield practice but yeah get on the uh, synergy hockey skills.com click on small group training find a session that works for you put your name in there and come on out and uh, keep working at getting better well we appreciate uh you being on at this time and uh worked out where kimby uh, was able to get off work and fly up here and, and not, get, not get off work i i worked and then i flew up here because i knew ribs was going to be late so that's why i wanted to get up here <laughs> <laughs> okay there there it is but hey that that's you know what that's what the fans miss right there that, that great banter as you guys like to say although you know we don't have to put anything up in between you right now to keep you guys but uh good stuff ribs appreciate you my man and uh, i'm sure we'll talk uh in a, in a couple days all right, boys, have some fun. I'll talk to you guys later. All righty. Have a good one. Big Rivs, big Vladdy Daddy, big big Rivsy, big Rivsy. Um, you know, I had mentioned that we, we are adding a text line. I think you and I talked about this off air. I know we're excited about it. Adding a text line um, the, to enable fans to send us their, their thoughts directly. 
answer questions, things like that. And, um, you know, we want to uh, promote that a little bit more now. 314-403-2130. Uh, write that down. Save it in your phone. Uh, any thoughts cross your mind at any time while you're watching a game during the day, you see something that makes you scratch your head, text it to us, and uh, we'll address it on the show. Obviously, we won't be able to address them all, but, you know, we'll find some good ones and uh, have a little fun with it, and, and we'll do that. But that's – uh. Sponsored by our, our good friends, the Patterson family. I know um, you had talked to Brian and them, and uh, they wanted to. They they tend to do well in this this arena with the sports fans and you know the everyday people just like us. And uh, you know they've got a great business. I know you you know you've been going to them for years, and it's this isn't just an endorsement for money. This is, I know we both have used them forever, and they do quality work. I well many years ago, I probably at least fifteen, maybe a little longer, but I coached his uh, uh, Brian's youngest, uh, not young, coached his boy. Um, at Granite and um, and then we got on a travel team together and we we're uh, you know we went up to Chicago and played in the Central States League and um, you know good people is uh, the dad uh, you know was just a I met him many years ago and uh, the kindest people that you want to meet and uh, they they do a good job and um, changed many a tires for me and uh, put new tires on but it's uh, they're, they're good people and uh, it was when when I found out that, <clears throat> that they were going to be coming on board, I, I thought that was going to be a great fit for them. So it's uh, glad to have them on, and um, you know uh, they're they're around all the time. I I'd done some good commercials for them, and I was really good. And then they started <laughs> they started going to the bad ones, but now we get back to the good ones again. <laughs> oh my lord, I can. You did one with uh, who was it? It was you. Gary was on it. Me, Gary, you Gary was in it with the Fattersons. Oh, Brian yeah. was there. Yeah, it was just you two, right? Me, and I did one with uh, oh, you did one with somebody guy. else too. He used to be the tough with the Pattersons again, but yeah. he used to be the tough guy. Uh, oh, D, uh, DJ uh, DJ King. King. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they I said that was one of their most well received. Yeah. Guys, so. The fans love the tough guys, yeah. man. They do. Yeah. But but I know they're friends with Twister and that too. So by Brian has been. He's uh, Twister's been out there and signed autographs for him at the at the place. So it's just uh, they've he's been in hockey. I know Brian for sure has been in hockey. Uh, for a long time and they, he loves the sport he goes to a lot of the blues games and uh, jake played and uh, that's his boy and um, so it's just uh they've always been involved with hockey so this is a it's good to have them aboard the whole family great people good sure. athletes love sports sure. if you know them all i mean yeah. it's you know i've known you know timmy and i same age been there been best friends for a long long time but through timmy met danny and brian and kevin and we all played ball together and if you meet their father alonzo you get you if you meet him and sit down and talk to him for five minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. you'll find out real quick why they are how they are. He's a good man. Yeah, raised his kids to be good people, honest, fair. Um, one of them was a really working. good baseball player. Which one was the really Danny? Good? Danny was a, a home run hitting machine. Yeah, that's what and, it was. Yeah, yeah. Danny was. Uh, Brian was a good. You know, they were all good, good ball players. Yeah, all. Danny, Danny was exceptional. Yeah, but you know, they all took different paths and went and did this. And Kevin and Brian wound up taking over yeah. the, the the business. And I think Jacob, the guy you're talking, the, the, the boy you're talking about, he, he's he out there too. Yeah, he's yeah. out there working with him. Yeah. Great kid. Um, known him since he was born and just, just a great family. We are happy to have him. I want to remind you one more time where they're located. 3718 Highway 111, Granite City, Illinois, 618-797-6711. Uh, give them a call. Um, and I will, and I mean this, and you know, you've seen on Facebook when people send people send out stuff all the time. I, I need some tires. I need brake work. I'll always say, listen, call them, tell them you're a friend of mine. I've never had anybody call me back and say they didn't take care of me. Good. Never. I've never had anybody say, ah, oh, you sent me there. It was horseshit. Whatever. Never. Yep. Never. 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 Now it's competitive business, right? For so, sure. So, it's, but but they do. They do a great job. They're a whole lot more than a tire store. They do 
they've taken care of my cars when there's been issues with it that weren't tire related. So uh, we're excited about it. It's something we're going to grow on. Um, you know, we're going to move on here. But um, going forward, th they will bring us that text messages of the week each week. So one more time, that's 314-403-2130. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to ask you, so last night's game, Vladimir Tarasenko, we've talked about it. The man gets paid, right, to, to, to put up points, score goals. Uh, last night, not only did he do that, I thought his overall game was well. There's a there's something that kind of goes without saying that when your best players play really well, you know, things probably are going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as easy as that, I know, as it's a four-line game and you look at the amount of minutes and you start adding in special teams. Special teams has become such a big part of the outcomes of these hockey games. Um, sometimes you feel like they're blowing whistles every two minutes. Sometimes you feel like they're not blowing them at all. It's a hard game. I understand it's very fast-paced. Um, you know, you, you've, we've seen replay come into play. I don't see it as much now with some of the other things because of the penalty possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked a little bit. Some people didn't like what we said about the rink maybe enlarging someday as they feel like that would take away even more of it but it is a reality so i guess in the end what i ask you you look at that game last night you said you thought it was a little boring from a physicality standpoint and then mckenzie mckeckern kind of did his thing what's the answer for that i mean you know we just said that we think that to, to create more space they're probably going to wind up going to a bigger rink someday that'll make it even tougher. Is that just because that's the nature of the beast and they want to get away from the physical play? Well, well, the, they want to get away from the, the the one part of the physical play, the fight, and so they've, they've chased that away. We understand that, and I, I know they cringe whenever they see someone doing that, but I I'll, I promise you, when you're, uh, you go to a game, and if you see eight penalties and eight penalties called, you know, that's 32 damn minutes we're talking about. People don't want to go to a game and watch a power play. I don't give a crap who you are. If, and if you do, you, you really entered this game at a late stage in your life because, you know, you, maybe you started liking hockey two years ago. And because if, if you've liked hockey your whole life. The power play dance, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it's just not – that's not – because when you go to – you know, if you watched over history of time, and, and it still affects to the point – they play now the, the more farther you go into the playoffs the less the whistle gets blown and that's the best hockey there is when the whistles gets put away you'll find that's when people really get attracted to the game and it's not, it's not because of the power play no one wants to see that shit and you know i know fans if a, if a power play is well deserved and that but you you know these little uh, hooking things and that they get people get I, I have to think people get frustrated with it. i i get frustrated watching it and i know that's the way the game's being called now and everything and that's fine but if you give me a solid game of up and down hockey, moving the puck, fast-paced hockey with some banging, you know, you're not gonna be, you don't need brawling going on, but just some banging going on, and uh, let let them decide the game themselves. Because if you want, if you go in there to watch a power play, I'd, I'd like to see who likes that because I, I don't like that. It's just it's, it's boring shit hockey, and you you know if it, but but that's what you said though. A lot of these, if you have a good power play now in the National Hockey League. You know that power play is going to get you win you ten games at least. You know it, it, it's just it's a fact right now. And the referees go through a stage, and they always have, where I don't know if it's rules sent down by the league, and they say, hey, we need to tighten up on this. So they'll go on a spree of calls, and all of a sudden, and then then they'll get through this, and they try to sink it into the player's mind that you can't do this, you can't do that. So they hammer the shit out of it for a long time, and then and then they get off of it, and then you know before the playoffs come, they'll put that stretch in there again. They'll start hammering again, and. Um, and that's just the way they try, they try to curtail it that way. And I, I, but I do, 
when I watch a game of hockey and I see all the penalties, I have no fucking intentions of watching it. I really don't. I, I don't like it. And um, it's not that I don't like seeing goals scored. I do. But I, I like people putting their boots on, going on the ice, and, and doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Well, I think to your, to your point, uh, to me, like what is a power play anymore? A five on four. It, it's four guys backing in to the net saying, yeah. hit me. You usually have one guy trying to cover the outside. but Five goaltenders is what basic, it is. Yeah, and it's like you score goals a lot of times because a, a puck bangs off something, goes yeah. in. I mean, it's just part of it, right? Yeah. Like it just, you know, you don't see too many times now the puck moving around. Like, I, I don't know about you, but last night, Perron's goal. I, it, it took me back, man. I mean, he's not Brett Hall. Yeah. But the way he kind of floated into space. Yeah. And then somebody recognizing that and saying, I got to, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it right now because this window is going to be open for a split second. Correct. It took me back. I want more of that. Yeah. And it's hard to get when four guys are, are backing into the goaltender. But back in, but back in, so you get that and you're a five on four, or whatever. But back in the day, you could get that at five on five, Chromes. Holly did it at five on five. It's just, you know, he, the intelligence of him and Adam Oates and what they did was. Well, that was um, special. Yeah, but yeah and that, but the elite players can find that, and that's why the elite players were the elite players, and that's why the elite players made the big money. And they, the elite players usually go on to win Stanley Cups because their IQ is a little bit, you know, on the brighter side of things. So they can find those holes. That's why they're the best players in the world. But it's not. I don't believe it's the best player in the world getting rewarded just to go sit in the goddamn power play all the time. You know, if you're going to pay a guy nine million dollars to sit in the power play, that you know, that's a that's a crazy business we're in, aren't we? Yeah, it's and when we go to Vladdy, I'll even go to Vladdy. You know, we go through in St. Louis here. There's a there's a period, and it'll come again where he just sits there and goes missing for ten days. It's like you get, you got to put him on a milk carton to find out where the man is, and then <laughs> and then someone kicks him in the ass or something said to him or the I, I or the or the the Russian mafia comes over and gets a hold of him and says you need to start scoring. And all of a sudden, boom, he comes out and and he'll go on a tear here. And uh, you know, and I know it's a lot to do with confidence, but. Um, but you, in St. Louis here, and I think the people are are used to it now because he'll go he'll go dead weight for a while, and I think hopefully he's gone dead weight here, and now he's fired back up, and the puck starts going in the net for him because it and, you know it makes you a better hockey team knowing that you can go into a game with your top scorer scoring goals because you're usually up one nothing when that's going on. Yeah, you've you've mentioned that numerous times. I, I so let me ask you this question for you. Uh, we, listen, we know it's a it's a two way game. We know that there has that there's defense involved. We know there's power plays, penalty kills, all that kind of stuff, and two way play involved. But when you start talking about guys like Vladimir Tarasenko, um, you know, even a Braden Shen, a Ryan O'Reilly, guys like that, you've mentioned more than once Vladimir Tarasenko is paid to put the puck puck in the net. Now he has ten points in nine games, which is good. Yeah, seven of those are assists. Three. Are, does it matter to you how the points come? Or are you more like Vladimir Tarasenko needs to put up points? I really don't care how they are because if he's not scoring and other guys are scoring because he's drawing people and getting assists, whatever. I mean, are you of that mindset of you don't care where the points come from? You just he the guy is paid to put up points. No, I I, I am because I'm a guy that if if he's on the ice and for the Blues to be successful, his line has to go, and obviously he's a key part of it. So because like I said before, when when uh, when teams come in and they have their prep talk before the game. 
I know they're talking about Mr. Tarasenko. So everybody knows who he is because he's one of the, you know, when he's playing on tough his game, he's one of the elite players in the game. So everybody knows who he is. They know where he sits on the power play. Uh, I still wish he would go on the other side of the thing and come off that yeah. side. But for whatever he reason. He still doesn't want to do it. Yeah. So he doesn't do that. They're so not comfortable. No. So he sits there and. But so everyone, as, but as long as you're scoring, as long if he's a part of the process, you know the the puck goal scores, the puck always finds you for some reason. It it could bounce, go in there, bounce off twenty heads, all of a sudden just come out flat as a whistle in there, and it's, it's on, on a goal scorer stick. And that's just I don't know what it is, but that's what it is. They, right. You know they're always in the right spot, and whether they put themselves there, which obviously they do, because they know where to go to spots. They know the spots to find where the puck's probably going to go to. It's like the old story with Wayne Gretzky. He was always like five or seven paces ahead of everybody. You know, he knew where the next play was going to. And so those those guys have that that sense where the, the puck's going to probably end up. But as long as as long as Tarasenko's on the ice, my biggest thing with Tarasenko, and I think a lot of fans in St. Louis have to, or I'm not saying they will, most of them would agree with me, though. There, there's a work ethic for the kid. And when he's working, People aren't bitching about it. They don't care. But sometimes Laddie goes flat, and it's like, it's like he's got a piano. T- he skates like I did. He had a piano tied to his ass when he, you know. And when he's doing that, people just they don't like that because that's not the way they want him to play. Well, last night I think is a, an example of exactly what you're talking about. Not only did we get the three, you know, they win three one. He gets a goal and two assists. He had four hits. Mm-hmm. He was active. active. And I know what you said. Like a lot of times. You know, I don't think people realize how big-bodied he is. If he wants to, to put a shoulder on somebody, he can't. I'm not quite sure this is exactly what we want him doing. But those guys, there's no rule saying those guys can't get in there and, and play that way and create themselves some space. And I know you got you mention that all the time, creating space for guys. And it's certain guys' role to create the space. But, you know, you talk about Jeremy Roenick all the time. I loved Roenick because Roenick could create his own space. Exactly. Certain guys could do that. Now, I don't... I'm not saying Vladdy should take that out of his book or whatever. That, that's really not my point. But, you know, watching a hockey game and feeling like when the game's over, and I, you, you've brought it up, everybody has. I, Coach Henson and I have talked about this forever as long as there's been text messaging and we would text message or talking at the bar or whatever before there was text messaging. When you watch a hockey game, and when the game is over, you can't remember if certain people played in the game and they're the guys that are making the money and yep. playing the top minutes. That's not good. Yeah. And I know. And I, I think in this in this situation, I think the I think with Vladdy, uh, this day and age, he's the closest player there probably is to Mr. Ovechkin. And when you watch Ovi play the game, he sits over there and he, you know, he gets a lot of goals in the power play, the one time shot and that. But even when you watch him play, there's points in time in his career, and I know he scored a hell of a lot of goals, but when he's the best, he's he's like a Jeremy Rowe. He goes around, he hits the shit out of people, and he's 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 into the play. And and I you know I I don't know how the size compares between Ovi and uh, Vladdy. I'm not sure where they're at. Um, I think Ovi would be a little bit bigger by the looks of it. But um, but when Vladdy plays his best is when his nose gets a little bit. You don't want him getting real crazy to the dirty, but you want him you want him in the corners. You want him getting a little bit dirty, and you know. If he goes into the corners and does something like that and comes out and he's lost, people you know people might lose him and then not know where he is. It's easier to find a guy when he's sitting in the slot as opposed to where he's coming from from the outside. So and that's what made what Holly was. Holly would come from the outside to the inside and, and then you know Oatsy would find him all the time. But I think that's when Vladdy's the best if he gets his nose a little dirty. 
gets in the corners, comes out of it, and you know shows a little participation with the team. Ovechkin's a little bigger, taller, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're both. I mean, they're again. I told you. I mean, Tarasenko's two twenty five. Yeah, you know, that's Ovechkin's two thirty five. You know, Ovechkin's six three, two thirty five is a big dude. I mean. He is a he's a power forward. Two twenty five. If that would if he would have played twenty years ago, he'd have been a heavyweight. So he'd have been in a different role right there, right? What was your what were were you two twenty five? Two fifteen when I played. So that was your that was your Yeah, so he had been because he had been were a you big? favorite. I, I was I was a fair sized guy at that time, yeah. Size wise. And then you get you know, then all of a sudden a, a, a crew start coming in there to six six and that I you know, I was six two though, was a, a fair pretty you know, you're in the top ten percent. Who was big when you played? Like, like what? Like well, Grimson was there. Like he was a, 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 like a tall player. You know, I'm not saying he was. The, you right. know, he had a role the same, similar to mine. But right. you know, you you come in. There's a lot of guys that come in after that. Like guys that were doing the role, and uh, then Beauregard, or not Beauregard, but the boogeyman. He comes in and he's like, Christ, he's about six eight, six nine. I think. They, so some of these guys even got really big. Um, and and that's you know Zdeno Chara comes along and, right. you know he's playing on a regular basis but you know I'm six two I, there's not many like I think Proby might have been six four um, you know and how so, heavy was he oh he's probably got to be sitting around two thirty and something like that I would think so he outweighed he was yeah yeah but I'm just you know I, I'm I'm guessing that I don't know for what a fact. Twister way. Oh, I think Twister gets up around 262. You know, I think he's in that. Not category. now, then. No, back then, he really, he was big, man. I, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm, big dude. Yeah, he he was thick. He was really thick, and I, I he may, he's going to be 240 for sure. But okay. I think he might even get. I think near the very end, I think he's even a little bigger than that. So, but you know, he wasn't Twister. Was he was going on the ice to yeah. just grab the there guy, was, and beat the yeah. shit out of him? That's what he's right. doing. He wasn't going very far. Who is who's the best player that was a fighter? Best player that was a, I, you know, I, is it Proby? Because he could play. Proby could play because you know he went to an All Star game and that. Um, you know, you get some guys that like like McSorley could play. McSorley could play. Chris Nyland was an old timer that played and uh, he played regular minutes. You know, played a lot of time and back in the old days though, even like when I say old days, like go back to when Bobby Nystrom, he was a tough son of a bitch and John Wenzik was tough and you know these guys put score twenty thirty goals sometimes and. Clark Gillies was, a, you know, those guys. You see, when you, you go back to Clark Gillies and then Bob, and John Wenzig, Bobby Nystrom, and all these guys, and the Philadelphia Flyers, the Broad Street Bullies, they all played. And then when the game started to change a little bit, and we went to sort of like a three-line system with a, a fourth line was your heavyweight line, which was us. You know, we didn't our, our guys didn't we didn't play a lot of play a lot of minutes. You know, now, now Proby did Proby, but there were games when Proby first got into the in going where he didn't play a lot. You know, he but. He becomes such a you know a specimen when he gets on the ice, and then he started to you know he's playing with Stevie Y, and he's putting the puck in the net, and um, but then 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 he got to play, but and then near the end, you know, he didn't play as much again. But there was a, there was a role back then, so once you got put in that role, that's what you played. So it was like a three line team that they were playing on. What if Marty McSorley doesn't slash Brashear? I mean, does I mean did that I mean did that tarnish what should have been a really good career? For a guy in in his role, for who McSorley? Yeah, I, I don't think that tarnished him at all. I, I really don't. That 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 was a play that happened. Marty was near the end of his career because um, you know he says he's got rings on his fingers too. You know he played when the Oilers were there, and he goes along to L.A. with Gretzky, and you know and but he was you buy well. that too. Gretzky he's said well. he's got to go with me. You buy for that sure. for sure. Oh really? For sure. Okay, for sure. Yeah, and Marty was one of the top guys in the league at the time. You know, yeah. he's you know Probert was there, Marty was there, but and but not only that, Marty's playing 
He's playing. He's he's in your top four defenseman. He's and I think people forget he played forward too. Yeah, he started play. He started over forward, then he went to defense. Yeah, you got to be able to skate to do that. Yeah, so he he could play. Yeah, he he played the game. So he I loved Marty McSorley. So he did a he he played a role. And yeah, of course he, you know, he logged a lot of minutes. The the biggest you take the Donald Brashears whacking on the head out of the thing, but when he got the. They're playing with the Kings in the Stanley Cup final, and he had the curve on his stick. They got called, and the mm-hmm. Canadian score. That's his biggest downfall, you know, because yeah. that sort of that sort of sunk the ship right there. But yeah, as far as a player goes, you know, he's got to be right up there because he was he played logged a lot of minutes. Proby logged a lot of minutes for a while, but Marty did it for his whole career pretty well. At the start, he was like a when he was playing forward, he was sort of like a fourth line player. He wasn't he wasn't really into the ball game, but then he, you know as he got going, he, he starts to play a lot more minutes. Man, ninety two, he had three hundred ninety nine penalty minutes. Yeah. And he was he was a lightning rod, but he could play. But I, it's a lot easier fighting. It's a lot easier being a heavyweight. Uh, and, I, and the reason I say this is because when I played it in junior, you know, I had three hundred, I had three hundred and some, but I had thirty five goals. And but I was playing all the time. It's a lot easier to fight when you're playing all the time. I'll tell you, when you got to sit on the bench, and uh, someone's causing shit, and then you got to go out and answer that. There's a that that takes a different kind of animal to play that game because it's you know you're mentally you are screwed half the time you're you're you don't know what's going on half the time it's you don't know when you're getting called you it's not it was a tough sucking job man it was it was tough and mentally more than anything physically people don't have a problem doing it it was uh, you know they they understood it but to, uh, you know mentally uh, if you got beat and you had to live with that and go home with that nonsense and it's just it was a tough animal to run with. Yeah, and I, I've, I've always wanted to ask you that question, and it just kind of parlayed into that, so it was good. But, um, you know, it, Mix, I thought McSorley was taller. It says here he was only 6'1". No, that's about right. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. He was yeah. 235, but oh, yeah. I thought he was yeah. – I thought for some reason he was 6'3", 6'4". 6'3", 6'4", 6'2", back like what I was. I wasn't uh, I wasn't overshadowed by – you know, guys weren't way taller than me, you know. So yeah. if you got to sit – 6'4", would have been a really tall person back in my day. Um, Samuelson's the defenseman? Yeah. Ulf, he was – he was he was he that big? Uh, he was he was I don't know. He, I think he had a little thickness to him. But Shell was the one that was really tall. Yeah, he was really tall. But Ulf yeah, was Ulf a hitter. Ulf, Ulf, Ulf was, was the shit Yeah, he was yeah. The, he was the dirty bugger. But yeah, um, yeah. But I, you know, I thought he was bigger than he was. But I watch him. Uh, I seen him coaching. I think he was coaching for the Rangers, and I seen him on the bench, and he didn't look very big there. But you know, I don't. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. Certain guys like that, I don't know why, but you think they're bigger, and then afterwards you look and go, man, that that guy caused a lot of shit for not. You know, Kelly Chase comes to mind. You know, that guy caused a lot of shit for not being the biggest dude around. You know, but and there's more. He's big now, though. He's he's round now. Well, listen, man, this is good stuff. I know people appreciate it, and um, I, I'm glad you made it up today and, and was able to catch up with Riz. We're gonna we'll hop back on here Thursday. Um, we'll we'll highlight the the Kings come to town. That's always interesting. When, Drew Doughty's one of my favorite players in the league. I know he's getting a little long in the tooth, but yeah. man, I love that guy. It's the kind of guy could play for. A, I don't care what role. I'd, that's the kind of guy I'd love to have in our lineup. But um, they got an interesting week going back to Boston. Where, yeah, where they want it. That ought to be interesting. That'll be interesting. That'll be nice. That'll be, and they're playing. Boston's playing well too right now. So that'll be a good game. And but it just brings back a lot of memories for a lot of those guys going in there. I imagine. For sure. For sure. Well. Um, want to remind you guys one last time that we want you to take advantage of our new text line 314-403-2130 brought to you by our good friends at patterson tire 618-797-6711 located at 3718 highway 111 in granite city illinois they are a whole lot more than a tire store and uh again glad uh, they're on board uh, excited about uh expanding it i know um we're gonna have brian on maybe he'll bring jake up uh, talk a little hockey and 
you know, where their fandom started and the role you played in, in, in Jake's life. I know they're talking about coming up and doing that. So that'll be okay. a lot of fun as well. But we do thank them for, for joining uh, and being a part of what we're doing. And, and we do want to highlight that text line, 314-403-2130, one more time. Start sending in those text messages. Uh, you might hear your text ran, read on the air. Uh, as always, we thank Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. Residential, commercial, industrial. Randy Green's a name you know and trust. 35 years experience, second-generation craftsman, and more importantly, man of his word. He's got his heating uh, and cooling team uh, ready to go electric team and of course as always the construction team is fired up uh, I, I've said it once say it again once you meet Randy Green you'll know that you're dealing with an honest man that's innovativecompanies.com to our friends at Adam Smokehouse uh, we always highlight them each and every show the best barbecue in St. Louis located on Watson Road open till 7 on Tuesdays Wednesdays Thursdays they do do box lunches and of course as always, you can do some tremendous catering from these guys. Stop in, say hi to Mike and the whole crew. The atmosphere is tremendous. But I can tell you, if you take it to go, if you do whatever and bring it home, you're going to be a, a really, really popular guy around your house for bringing home the best barbecue in St. Louis. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. SynergyHockeySkills.com. You heard, uh, you heard our man uh, Jamie telling you about what's going on there. Very excited about that as well. And, of course, uh, we can never say enough about the first family when it comes to amateur Hockey here in St. Louis, the Nelson family, uh, Nelson fa- NelsonLandServices.com, uh, five-star rated landscaping company that does tremendous work at reasonable prices. Uh, they, you know, they're they're really asking us to get their name out there so that you'll give them an opportunity. They love to do big, beautiful jobs. You know, if you if you don't need the biggest job in the world, then still give them a call. But they love to tackle those big projects that I promise you, you don't want to be tackling. That's NelsonLandServices.com. Well, Rivs, you're gone. <laughs> you better not say I that forgot again. he was gone. <laughs> uh, he just you know, complimented me. It was so nice. Now you're the no, no, no. Man. It was, I, I, you know, you guys are on air together here today, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get ribs out of here and give him one more crack at you, and that didn't happen because you know he's dying too. Yeah, he come in firing today right at you with the uh, with the bison. He got nice. you. Isn't that, you know, you, you just, I was starting to get, uh, I was thinking of going to counseling and all that over this nonsense <laughs> he's been doing, and. And now I'm right back at it here, so we'll see if you're going to hang in there or not. Well, we'll see. But um, what, what, what do you think? Is he doing a good job analyzing the football and the baseball and the college sports, or are you, or does that make you want to regurgitate? No, he's. Uh, you know what? He's doing a job, and I'm. Uh, you have to be. You, you're talking for four hours going on. You know, that's a long time to be sitting there talking, and um, and you know, in order to go into a process like that, it's just. You know, you have to watch the boob tube too, don't you? Because you you got to be up to date on what the hell's going on, or you sort of get lost there. And if you get lost, you're gonna look like a fool out there. So, um, you know, he's got to put a lot of time in. I don't know. I think the probably the man's drinking a lot of Red Bulls. I have to think to stay awake for all this stuff. <laughs> for but, for Pete's sake, but, he's got to be drinking. But I think he's uh, I think he's uh, been received well. I think both you know they they got a heck of a show there and. Um, you know, every town needs us. Uh, and, it's, you know, he, it's, if he was really not knowing what the hell was going on, then he'd be in trouble. But obviously the people are taking a liking to him, and which is good because, you know, he comes by it honestly. You know, it's, uh, I've known him for a while here, and uh, he, he speaks from the heart, and he says what he believes in. And, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it, but he'll tell you why. And, uh, he, you know, he gets it. If you don't like it, that's fine. He, he understands. So he, yeah. he, he's doing a hell of a job, though. Well, uh, I know you like to, to, to refer to him as the media darling, and that he is. So um, we're just fortunate to be living in his world, I guess. Exactly. Well, good stuff, uh, Kimby. Um, 
talk to you on Thursday, I guess. I don't know what your schedule yeah, we'll is. But I got to work, work again, so we'll see a, well, a later one if you got me in your well, site. So. Nothing, n- nothing like this time slot seems no. to work really well yeah, for all of us. Perfect. Well, that's a do it for us. BluesNHLPodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. Make sure you check us out at STL Blues Podcast on Twitter. Blues NHL Podcast Show on Instagram. Thanks to lineupmedia.fm for hosting us as always and of course check out yo radio the streaming platform for your mobile device it is free download it today for all of us here at blues nhl podcast let's go blue This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.